Kevin L. McCrudden is the only motivational and leadership speaker in America to ever have a day of recognition passed by the United States Congress. January 2nd of every year is National Motivation and Inspiration Day. Kevin is an international author, speaker, and America's CMO, Chief Motivation Officer. Join us now for an hour to motivate and inspire your life. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Motivate America with Kevin McCrudden. This is Kevin McCrudden, America's Chief Motivation Officer and Mr. Motivation. I appreciate you coming back and joining me again this week. So had a uh, last-minute cancellation on a guest. Uh, we're going to talk largely about uh, the political environment in America. Yeah, that's about a uh, two-week show instead of a, an hour show. Um, so let's do this. Anyone that would like to call in, if you'd like to call in and talk about either uh, the current environment or culture of politics in America, if you'd like to talk about the NFL and football, if you'd like to call in and talk about, um, let's say, the World Series, we'd love to chat about that. Uh, you folks from Boston, I'm sure you want to call in and talk how great you are. And then uh, last but not least, for my friends that are out there, that actually follow soccer. Uh, for those of you that like to call in and brag about your Red Bulls winning uh, the uh, Supporter Shield again, uh, please feel free to call in about that. So we got a, a variety of topics tonight. If you feel like calling in, uh, I will lead the way and talk about each and each segment of the show. Um, if you would like to call in, please feel free to call 888-627-6008. 888-627-6008. And uh, we'll get you plugged in, and, and we can uh, have a little bit of a conversation. So, you know, first and foremost, uh, I suppose it, it's uh, the conversation that I was hoping to have with a, a good friend of mine um, who actually, I, I think, kind of saw the landscape of politics in America earlier than most. Um, he did one of the dreaded uh, political things and, and transitioned from being a Republican to a Democrat. And what's funny is, so for many of you, you know that I um, I, I live both on uh, in the Hamptons on Long Island, but I also live in uh, Scottsdale, so I go back and forth between the two places. And uh, I, I actually was silly enough at one point in time in my life to run for political office. I ran uh, for the county legislative seat in Suffolk County, New York, back in 1997. And uh, I was a, a young man with young ambitions. Uh, of changing the world, and, and I thought that that was the place to start and then maybe get to Congress, and then who knew? Who knew what would happen from there? As many young people uh, view the idea of being involved in government and politics as making change for the better, making positive change. And we've now come to a landscape where if you are a Republican or a conservative and you state that you are a Republican or a conservative in front of Democrats, um, they essentially are one step short of spitting on you or essentially treating you uh, like crap or a pariah, that you somehow are less than human, and because you have conservative views, uh, you somehow are uh, a, an evil person. 
Um, and it's funny because we think, I think we think that like, it's all about men and men are bad people and men are bad, you know, politicians and men are, you know, not great leaders at this point because of so many different reasons that have pointed to it. And then you turn around and you take a look at the Senate race in Arizona uh, between Martha McSally and Kristen Sinema. You want to hear ugly and you want to see ugly? Um, wow. <laughs> it, is, it is literally like a cat fight. Um, it, it is literally... Uh, like just two people brawling and saying the nastiest things about each other. Um, and, and then I come back to New York and uh, the, the Senate race in Jersey um, is also uh, pretty disgusting. Uh, I think I saw an ad today where the, uh, the one guy is accusing the, uh, the other guy in Jersey of uh, having um, I don't know, paid for underage prostitutes. And, uh, folks, it's just, it, it has gotten so ugly and so far from what we actually want. And I, I would love to, once again, I would love to hear your opinions on this. If anyone would like to call in, 888-627-6008. I think our challenge is that we have these people and let me just let me just tell you, the gentleman that I ran against in 1997 um, actually ended up going to jail shortly thereafter, and now recently got out of jail, and he's in trouble again because he was colluding or doing something with some guy in jail, and they're gonna they're gonna potentially put him back in jail, <laughs> and. And it's funny that we, we seem to choose these people that really lack character and dignity. Um, and our political system seems to put really not great choices in front of us. Um, and, and I think we really all need to take a look at who are the people that are being elected, but why are they being elected? Where are they coming from? And, and I think somehow we have to question our process. As many of you know, you know, listen, this show is called Motivate America. And for any of you that have followed, uh, you know that my parents came here from Ireland. Uh, they came here and would say that America is the greatest country in the world. And I truly still believe that. I truly believe that America is the greatest country in the world, potentially the greatest country ever to live in the existence of the world, all the good things that we do around the world, all of our charity, all of, all of our philanthropy, uh, our leadership, all the things that we have done, the positives, not looking at the negatives, the positives. If you look at the manipulation and why we've done what we've done, what we've done around the world, the things that we've done around the world, some of them are less than stellar and certainly some of them are not great. But when we think about true leaders, if we think about people that are real leaders in the world, I, I don't know if we're attracting them. Unfortunately, it seems as if the people that we are promoting and electing in our political cycles, in our political system, are people that are less than worthy. If you take a look, there was a, there was a great video a few years ago, and I'll never forget it. It's a, a let's just call him a heavy set gentleman 
with an American flag behind him with a big cigar in his mouth. And he's cursing every other word. He's from the New England area. And he's essentially giving the description of a company, an organization, where there were 480 members of the organization, yes, Congress and the Senate. And of those 480, he said about 300 of them were not financially liquid. About 100 of them had either been arrested or had been bankrupt or something. And then there was another statistic. I mean, really, really bad statistics about the types of people. And he said, if that were a public company, would anyone ever invest their money in it? Would anyone ever try or attempt to help that company grow? And obviously, it became self-explanatory, like, of course not, because you would never give your money or you'd never give people with these characteristics or these resumes, you would never give them any kind of a leadership role. And yet, as he states in the end, these are the members of Congress and the Senate, and these are the people that we are looking towards to lead our country. And if you expand upon that, and we look at our Senate leaders and our Assembly leaders and our community leaders uh, at a state level, uh, I don't know if it gets any better than that. Um, so as we think about the people that we're voting for, we're coming up to election day again, and this is our midterm elections. How many of you feel like maybe maybe we should have their resumes? So, so literally, their resumes. Not what they promote, not their palm cords that talk about what they think is great. Literally, their resumes and references. Where have you worked? What have you actually done? What have you actually been successful at? And then let us call the companies or communicate with the companies that you actually worked for. Let's actually see if you've done anything worthwhile or if you have done something successful that is worthy of leading people. I would love your feedback on that. Please feel free to call in at 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. I have a, a good friend of mine, and we talk about this regularly on a local basis, is how many people run for office that are not actually qualified for the positions that they run for. You know, such as, I, I suppose, if you're going to be the town attorney or the county attorney, um, you would at least need to have a law degree. If you are running to be the uh, county clerk or the town clerk, you do not necessarily have to have any qualification for either of those positions. And I, I wonder if we need to take a look at those rules or regulations, because obviously you have to be a citizen, but that's really about it. As long as you're a citizen and you're of the right age, you are allowed to run for almost any office in America. And I think that's where we need to maybe start taking a look saying, hey, maybe we should just have some, just a couple of minor qualifications above you're old enough and you can, you know, speak English and you, you know, can be elected here in America um, that's it. That's your only qualification. Oh, of course you were born here. Uh, so that, that's one of the further qualifications, but that's it. You don't have to have an education 
Um, you know, if you're going to be running for uh, county uh, controller, you, you don't necessarily need to have a degree in accounting or bookkeeping or anything like that, which I find kind of ludicrous because we're going to entrust you with millions and billions of dollars, and yet you have no background in accounting or financial background. So once again, just food for thought, and that was going to be part of our conversation this evening, is not only has politics gotten really disgusting and ugly, but it's now we, we have people that are attacking each other that literally show absolutely no leadership ability because if you were truly a leader, you would know better than to attack other people. And there is this, this great quote or this great um, strategy. I don't call it great because it's actually underhanded and disgusting. Um, but for anyone that's ever run for office, they would know that there's this strategy or this idea that uh, you can accuse your opponent of, uh, quote-unquote, kicking their dog and beating their wife. And you accuse them of that because what you want them to do is spend the rest of the election defending whether they've actually kicked their dog and beat their wife. And the more that they are exacerbated or angry or frustrated of being accused of kicking their dog and beating their wife, they will spend an inordinate amount of time defending themselves and defending the fact that they never touch their wife and they don't even own a dog. And yet, because you can offset someone of good character by saying that, they will spend an inordinate amount of time and they will be insulted by having someone make that accusation. And the people that do that are exactly the people we do not want in our government. We do not want in leadership roles because they're doing the most, most ruthless, disgusting things in order to distract people. And that is exactly what's going on in America is that we have the most deceitful kind of politics. People that are accusing people of the most ludicrous, ridiculous things, the most horrible things, and then sitting back thinking they can talk about how to lead people when essentially they've misled everybody. So anyway, that's our, that's our, our, our little bit of a segment about politics in America. I'm sure we could speak for another two hours on it, but... Um, you know, I'd, I'd love your I'd love your thought and your feedback. Uh, please feel free to go to our Facebook page, uh, Motivate America, and, uh, and and give us your thoughts. Give us your feedback on on how you think we can change the direction of American politics, and and whether you believe that if everybody had to actually give a resume and actually show that they were, I guess, qualified to run for what they were running for, if you truly think that would change things or not. And then if we truly found that people were making false accusations, which we've had all throughout politics, if we found there was false accusations, should that immediately discredit someone from even running? Should they just be disqualified because they lack character and lack leadership skills for doing it? So anyway, would love, would love your thoughts on that. would love your feedback. Please feel free to either uh, call, um, and the, the phone number is 888 888- Six two seven six zero zero eight or three two three seven four 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 eight three one. Feel free to call in. Let's take a, a couple of seconds here, take a break, and we'll come back with our next segment, which is about the world minute. This is Kevin McCrudden, Motivate America. Talk to you in a bit.
This show is sponsored by Nightingale Conant, Get Motivated Seminars, and Karma Automotive. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Kevin McCrudden, Mr. Motivation, America's Chief Motivation Officer. Thank you so much for joining us again. So our first segment there, we talked a little bit about politics and politics in America. And, uh, you know, so the producer and owner of BBS Radio, Doug, uh, and I touch base from time to time, and we don't actually elaborate or talk about this stuff much. So just during the break, he and I were chatting, and he's like, Kev, I actually was just thinking about this yesterday or the day before. Hey, Doug, are you there? Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, so, Doug, I, I know that before me there is a political show, um, and we we never talk about it, but... But let me give you, uh, give your feedback on, on just a couple of things that I that I said and a couple of the ideas sure. that you have on this. Sure, I absolutely concur with you. I think you know. I, I was thinking, how do you solve the world's problems? Well, there's literally three areas. One, knowledge. Knowledge is power. So people need knowledge, and two, they need the the money or the, at least the power of the purse. Because that's, you know, the big motivator. You can vote for anybody you want, but you don't get to say where your money goes. So it doesn't matter on some level. Mm-hmm. And, and the third that ties it all, you need influence or at least some sort of a system that you can get that your information out to everybody, which would be media. So those are the three things. And mm-hmm. I was thinking knowledge would be first. Uh, and if we need it, how, where, where, there's no central location that I could go and get simple data points on people running for politics, like right down to my city level. In fact, you go out, you could run around here and there probably wouldn't know a person who knows a council member. They wouldn't know, they wouldn't know the names, they wouldn't know when the, they're, they're coming up for election. And simple data facts like how much were they worth before they got into politics? What was their occupation? How much are they worth now? Okay, that's important. I'd love to know if they've enriched themselves in office. Here's another thing I'd like to know. Every single thing they voted on, and even categorically, you could say, okay, the big issue to you is health care. Well, okay, click health care, and it just goes down and says how they voted on the bills. And Uh then what is their current platform? What is their platform? And how does that deviate from the party's platform that they say they represent? Okay. Mm -hmm. And a few other data facts, you know, Mm -hmm. like, for example, at the city level, the reason why people don't get into politics is they don't have enough knowledge. Knowledge is power. Well, what if I told you you have a community of uh, 50,000 people and uh, in District 4, the person who ran... Uh, they needed only 3,000 people that came in and actually voted. In your big city, there was only 3,000 people that came in and voted. And this is how much they spent, $20,000 to win that campaign. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very mm-hmm. powerful bit of information. Now I know I don't need to convince 100,000. or 10, I only need to convince this number to in make an impact, right? Yeah. And yeah. then an alert system. You know, these are your council members, one up on each other. You could do it graphs, visually, beautifully. You could make it searchable, the whole nine yards. So it would be very, very powerful. And they'd give you alert. This election is coming in right now. And it would be a community, very simple knowledge, but yeah, very empowering Doug, knowledge. <clears throat> yeah, Doug, I don't disagree with you. I think the political, the political parties do have information out there. And then you can actually go to the state legislatures or even the county legislatures and you can find out how people vote. And what's, what's interesting is that people only check on the things that they're interested mm. in. And that they want to know what people voted on for the things that they essentially are paying attention to. Mm. But one of the things that's very interesting, to your point, is 
that statistical information about someone who's running on a county or a city level or maybe even a state level mm-hmm. is that you'd think they'd have to win millions of votes in order to, to be empowered like that, right. in order to make decisions about our taxes, about our mm-hmm. schools. And the reality is, is, to your point, they don't have that many people vote for them. And it's typically people that are you know, very biased, right. and they're, they're the ones that get them elected. Right. Great point. Right. Well, then that leads to the second part into, you know, how do you change it so you give the, that's knowledge. Then, mm-hmm. then moving on to how do you address the purse strings and the, you know, the money aspect. Well, I'd like to believe that one of these days we might be able to create an understanding where the taxes that we pay out, we get to decide in broad categories. I mean, we can argue about the categories, healthcare one, let's say military two, veterans benefits, whatever administrations and the, uh, mm-hmm. that fall under those broad categories. Well, I think that'd be a real boon because then you really didn't even need to vote because no matter who you vote for, the money that's being spent in that area. Now, yes, they get to spend that money, but what I'm saying is you'll really know the will of the people and those areas that they want to grow, they will grow because they'll receive the taxes from the individuals. So if we could have control of that purse, we would go beyond politics in the way it is today, I think, or at least give us so much more power, it would be, it would be crazy. Would yeah. they ever allow for that? But that would be a, f- a real change. Now, you could say, okay, well, we could also tax the rich, Doug, like they did 40, 50 years ago at 91% or whatever. Yeah, you could do a lot of things. But we want control of the money. Without that control, you could just keep voting for the same person who lies all the time, says he's not going to do X, and does it. You know, the right. military isn't going down. If you really hate the fact that money's going to the military, there's nothing you can do about that, no matter who you vote in. What does that mean? Well, that's the truth. And I think when it comes to money... If you're really paying attention, whether it's the George Soros's or whoever the hedge fund operators are, look, for the most part, they're the ones giving out the money, and they, they sure. typically end up giving it to both sides of both parties because right. they want to ingratiate themselves with whoever wins. Stir up um, a little bit of a mess, make a little bit of money uh, on that mess, be and yeah. uh, also play both parts. You know, the, wasn't there a fairness doctrine at one time saying a magazine couldn't put out fundamentally that they were in favor of goal, you know, in favor of this, but. A, and then it put out another magazine that said they were against this, and whichever magazine you know decide, made the right, accurate uh, conclusion, that was the magazine they run with, right? But yeah. there was sort of a fairness idea where you had to hear both sides, and they had to present both sides. I think that went out, you know, with the bad yeah, a long water. time ago. Yeah, a long um, time ago. And I think what's also interesting is there a great? It's it's either a yes song or a Crosby, Stills, Nash song. What, what is it? It's like. Uh, tax the rich until there's rich no more. <laughs> and I think I think that was a 60s or 70s song. And, and I think that's what's funny is that we forget. Like, look, I, I'm I'm the son of an Irish immigrant. I I don't know if I've seen the name of a poor Irishman on the side of a of a hospital that builds an extension for you know for kids with you know uh, with the special needs. Or I, I haven't seen building buildings built for community centers. Uh, of, from you know poor folks that can barely take care of themselves. Look, the the wealthy in America have have done an awful lot, not only for people in America but also for people around the world. We we need people that are successful, and that is part of the American dream. 
We all have to keep moving and, and try for that upward mobility. True. That's what makes America great. It's and an yet we have people system. that don't see it that way. Yeah, it's exactly. Brilliant. Look, exactly. There, there could be no better system. If you said to me, Doug, you want to you change the world, well, would you use a different system besides capitalism? No. Best incentive system there is. Look at everything that we do. Um, you, that can't be beat. We've got to learn to work within that system. I'm not one of those guys. I'm a Republican. So, you know, oh, I believe... now you just ruined the show. Now everyone here is two Republicans or a conservative. Or a Repu- oh, that's it. Man. Uh, right, now. right, right. We got the Democrats too, but you know, I'm, I'm one of those conservative Republicans and I believe what better place to put the money, but in the hands of the people that know how to use it. Know um, how to use it exactly. I'm sorry if you give it to everybody and they don't know how to use it. They might even just turn to drugs because finally, God, they got enough money to buy what they need. You know, all the cocaine <laughs> they want. Um, no, the system can't operate like that. I knew I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, Doug. I, I think it's you know it's such a great conversation. And here's the thing that I think is important. And, and I listen. Living in New York, and and I mean whether it be California or New York. You, you live in pretty liberal states, and, and you, so you're surrounded with people with liberal mindsets. And one of the things that's great is that I'm able to have pretty reasonable conversations with people with pretty diverse views than mine. Mm-hmm. And and it just it has to be respectful. And and unfortunately, we we have just gotten so incredibly yeah. disrespectful. And you, and I just don't I don't know how to turn that clock back. You're so so right. And the reason why you're so effective is because you're like a, th- a th- I would rather be in a room that sees, if a person came up to me or I was around a group of people, I'd like them to be able to say, this is your opinion, ah, this might be the benefits of your idea, and then present my idea, which may be the opposite of it. But at least you're, you're sharing with them, I'm, I, I, I hear your information, I understand its meaning for you, right? And here's another argument, you know, and, and I love think tanks because you can have a thousand different, we think a thousand ways to Sunday. There's never just right or wrong. There just well, isn't yeah, in yeah, this, in, yeah. when it comes to, uh, you know, what you believe, you know, there's, yeah. there's thousands of degrees of it. Um, and you do it respectfully. You want to motivate, you want to bring people up and lift them up. Right. Mo- t- today we don't, I don't see that. I see impatience. I see even the young generation, look, they'd rather look down at their phone when they're sitting there beside you. Or, they, well, you know what's not, funny but, also, Doug, and I think you're, you're right, you bring up an important topic in the sense that, look, so this, this generational division as well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, and I've read some statistics on this, and it's a little upsetting, is the idea that our universities and colleges have become incredibly, incredibly um, liberal and are, are becoming more and more disrespectful and for our kids. Liberal. And oh, spending yeah. their university dollars on candidates. I mean, that's going beyond, exactly. beyond. Exactly. And, and our, so our kids are coming out. And unfortunately, you know, so, so youngsters, and, and look, I was, I was young and energetic and thought I knew everything as well. But they come out thinking they know everything, but they see everything from this left-leaning view because mm-hmm. they've just gotten this tremendously expensive education mm-hmm. that mommy and daddy paid for, most part. Right. And it becomes, oh, well, you guys are stupid because you don't believe this. Right. Because I just, got, I just got done with college, and they've taught me everything that's right, and everything's left-leaning. Right. And that's why, that's why we support Bernie Sanders, because, right. well, you know, 
Um, right. and, and we truly believe that there's a, a conspiracy with, with Russia and, and Trump <laughs> and, and the government, even though the only thing to come out of all of those emails was, uh, oh, that's right, Hillary was trying to screw Bernie Sanders. That's sure, the only thing that sure, we actually actually know from sure, all the emails. Sure, but, you're right. But no one wants to talk about that. No. Oh, that's the only thing we factually know, but let's not talk about that. Look, she was a lady that pro moved for war even during Waco. You know, yeah. she, she'll she kill you. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> to say this. Don't get in her way. That's a scary woman. Now, you want to talk about neocon, neocon there? I mean, it's just overwhelming, and that scares me. I didn't want that running our world. Well, the- Listen, you know what? We're coming up to 8.30, so I'm glad potentially the time clock has stopped the two of us because we could end up going way off the deep end on this one because that one we agree on, and we could definitely go on that for a little while. <laughs> well, listen, let's, let's, take a, let's take another break, and we're going to come back and, and talk about the World Series, which I'm sure people out in, the, in Dodger land are, are not happy about. I'm sure they're, they're going to have some complaints, too. Folks, this is Kevin McCrum, Motivate America, America's chief motivation officer doug newton my producer and owner of bbs radio doug thank you so much for for chiming in i think you and i can't talk about politics because this will be a totally right-leaning show and no <laughs> yes. one else will ever tie in ever again <laughs> thank you thank all you right brother thank love. you man thank god bless you. this show is sponsored by nightingale conant get motivated seminars and karma automotive thank you Hello, 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 everyone. Kevin McCrudden, Mr. Motivation America's CMO, Chief Motivation Officer. Thank you very much for joining us and coming back. And uh, <laughs> thank you to uh, producer and uh, BBS owner, uh, Doug Newsom, for, for joining me. Uh, we had a little bit of a uh, conversation about uh, politics in America. And, um, you know, I, <laughs> I try to avoid it a little bit. And, uh, you know, he and I, I, I just said to him, I said, oh, yeah, you and I can't be on the, on the show together all the time because this will be a, an entirely right-leaning uh, uh, show and, and we'll probably lose a lot of audience. Look, you know, as, as quote-unquote Mr. Motivation, and, and uh, I created National Motivation and Inspiration Day for a reason. Look, motivating and inspiring people and leading people is, is neutral. It's neutral. Uh, when I wrote my book, Who Are You?, uh, which uh, introduces the most significant addition to Maslow's hierarchy of needs in 60 years. Uh, Dr. Maslow did brilliant work associated with how people are motivated, why they're motivated, trying to meet their own personal needs. And our human needs isn't necessarily based on politics. However, our belief systems and our philosophies can be based on political belief systems, uh, that we deserve things, that we are um, entitled to things. And, uh, you know, my parents came here from, from Ireland, and I said earlier, you know, they, they always said this is the greatest country in the world. And, uh, and I've now met so many uh, young folks, so many people, so many friends um, that have come from Central America, from Mexico, from Europe, from other places, um, and they truly love being in America. But you know what? They're not here for entitlement reasons. They are here because they want to work their asses off, and they want to live for the American dream. That's one of the reasons why I, I love soccer, uh, is because I truly think that I've, I've played soccer with and against almost 
every nationality of, of human being on the planet, maybe maybe a couple of Martians as well, I'm not sure. But, you know, we don't really care. We don't care what your color is. We don't care. Uh, Leonard Marshall and I, uh, the great football player, the great uh, New York Giant, he and I talked a little bit about this uh, a few weeks ago on the show, is this idea that sports, in, in sports we don't necessarily care who you are, what you look like, what your color is. If you suck, we don't want you on our team. And if you're good, we want you to help us win. It's really actually pretty much that simple. Um, and uh, when you think about great athletes, you know, they perform. That's really what it comes down to. They perform. And um, I think we need to take a look at that mantra or that philosophy maybe in, in politics or government is we, we just want you to perform. And uh, frankly, as every president has ever found out, uh, the, the night you win the election is the night you're really no longer a Republican or a Democrat. You are essentially the leader of the free world, and you now represent every American, both Republicans and Democrats. And I think that is a humbling, humbling experience for all of them because you now know that you represent all, not just some. And I think that's what great leadership is about. That's what being competent is about, is being able to, um, I guess, evolve and, and grow and learn and know that you're responsible for um, something more than your own view of the world, your own behavior, your own thought process. But allowing people to be motivated and inspired even though they don't necessarily believe what you believe, but they, they know, maybe they believe that their needs will be met and that they can actually aspire, aspire to, to be greater, to do better. And, and it is truly one of the reasons why I, I, I love sport, because I think um, it motivates and inspires our young. It motivates and inspires so many of us. And, um, let's just talk about, you know, the World Series, uh, for instance. You know, I, I haven't really followed baseball in the past couple of years, um, and I, I was surprised that the uh, the Boston Red Sox are this good, are, are as good as they are. And uh, I did not know, uh, I had a young man tell me, no, 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 they're stacked. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize they were stacked. I, I thought the Dodgers were stacked. Um, for years, I would use the reference that the Yankees would spend more money, really, than almost any other team on talent, and yet they weren't guaranteed the World Series every year, were they? And I believe that the Yankees, Red Sox, and Dodgers, and a couple of others, are actually the, the highest-paying uh, teams in Major League Baseball. Um, uh, if any of you actually have the statistic on that, I would love to hear from you. Please feel free to uh, call in or give me a call at 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. I believe, so for years I would use that as a reference that, you know, the Yankees paid all this money, but it didn't necessarily mean that they were going to win the championship. And that's the beauty of sports is that regardless of how much money you spend, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can get players with that are the most motivated or the ones with the biggest hearts or the ones that are the most accomplished or successful. 
you can overpay for players that actually underperform. Um, but in this case, it looks like the Red Sox are uh, are, are really uh, they're getting what they paid for, uh, which is which is pretty uh, pretty amazing. Uh, pretty amazing. Um, so I'm just actually right now looking under uh, highest payrolls in uh, in Major League Baseball, and let's uh, let's let's see what I get here. Um, so it looks as if uh, wow, the San Francisco Giants, then the Red Sox, then the Cubs, uh, but that does not seem to be um, correct. That I wouldn't I wouldn't have guessed that that was uh, that that was the actual breakdown. Um, but it is for 2018. It says that uh, the Giants are 221 million dollars, the Red Sox at 206, the Cubs at 181, the uh, Washington Nationals at 180, the Mets at 172. You would think that the Mets would have spent uh, less than 72 because uh, they continue to underperform. Um, the Astros. Uh, and the Yankees are like number nine, which is really kind of fascinating. Uh, there was always this argument that uh, small market teams couldn't compete. And I think this year, I think Milwaukee was in the uh, in the playoff mix. Uh, my Oakland A's, who I love, were in the playoff mix, and uh, and they they certainly aren't anywhere near the top because they have these uh, smaller markets that you know they just they can't pay uh, that kind of money. Um, for talent, because they, you know, they'd essentially go broke. Um, so when we think about talent, when we think about, you know, these people that are out there motivating and inspiring us with their talent and with their ability. Um, as I stated, I've I've been a soccer player and a soccer fan for most of my life, and it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak. If you are capable of playing, then that's all we care about. And uh, you know, tonight essentially the uh, the Red Sox uh, could win another World Series. Um, you, you know, actually, who I'd really like to have on the show, and this would be about sports. This would be about leadership. This would be about culture change. This would be about all those topics. Is uh, is the young man Leo Epstein? Uh, and for those of you that follow sports, you know who it is. But Leo Epstein's the kid that went into the Red Sox and actually changed the, the culture at the Red Sox before they had won their first uh, World Series uh, several years ago. And, um, and he helped really change the culture of the, of the Red Sox. And then he went on to change uh, the culture at, um, at the Chicago Cubs. And the Chicago Cubs turned around, became a winning franchise, and won a World Series. So if I ever had a, a guy that I'd really like to have on the show, is a guy by the name of Leo Epstein. So keep an ear out. Now that I've said it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it happen. Because what's one of my audio books? One of my audio books, take action to make things happen. So if you want something to happen, you've got to take action to make it happen. And that is precisely what I'm going to do. So I'm saying it here now on this show at some point in time. I won't say before the end of the year because I don't know if that'll happen. But sometime in the near future, I will have Leo Epstein on this show, and we will talk about leadership, culture change, sports, and how you introduce change into a culture and an environment to create positive results. Maybe he's a guy that we should have um, in a leadership role in government to help change the whole system and how it actually works. <laughs> that, that would be that would be a great uh, a great. Story to have him change the Red Sox 
and then the Cubs, and then, uh, let's say, Congress or the Senate. Uh, yeah, maybe we, maybe we can talk to him a little bit about that. That'll be, uh, that'll be interesting. So, um, so listen, folks, uh, would love to hear from you. Please feel free. I know that, uh, we're a little short on people calling in, um, but please feel free to call in at 888-627-600888-627-600. Would love to hear from you. Um, this is Kevin McCrudden from Motivate America. We're going to take another last uh, segment break here, and we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about sports. We'll talk about um, the New York Red Bulls, which is a, a soccer club that I follow here in New York. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about a couple of upcoming events. So I look forward to hearing back, uh, having you guys join me in a couple of minutes. All right? Take care. This show is sponsored by Nightingale Conant, Get Motivated Seminars, and... Karma Automotive. Thank you. Hello, folks. Welcome back. This is Kevin McCrudden from Motivate America, America's chief motivation officer. So, touched on a couple of things. I know you're all probably getting ready to watch the, the uh, unfortunately, potentially the final game of the World Series. Looks like the, the Red Sox are kind of unbeatable at this point. Um, if, uh, if you feel like calling, please feel free to call in at 888-627-6008, 888-627-6008. So we've talked a little bit about politics. We've talked a little bit about leadership. We've talked a little bit about baseball and the World Series. Uh, and, and for most of you that know me, um, obviously, I, I, I love soccer. Soccer is, uh, is my sports, our, our family, let's call it our family heritage, um, playing soccer. And uh, a good a good friend, um, Chris Armus, who's also a member of the uh, Long Island Soccer Player Hall of Fame, um, uh, which we inducted uh, as a part of our first class like, six years ago, um, just won the Supporter Shield um, in Major League Soccer, which means the the best overall team with the best overall record. Um, so he, he's just, uh, accomplished that with the New York Red Bulls tonight and, uh, congratulations, Chris, congratulations, the uh, New York Red Bulls, which also interesting, which I just posted on my Facebook a little while ago is there's only two coaches of the New York Red Bulls in their 20, I think 25 year history that have, uh, so they've never won, um, what would be the championship or MLS cup. And they've only won two pieces of hardware, and that's two supporter shields, uh, twice in their history. And the other time that they won uh, the supporter shield, they were coached by Mike Petke, who's a former player, but is also from Long Island. So Chris is from Long Island, and Mike Petke is from Long Island. And um, Chris Armis went to our arch nemesis, St. Anthony's High School in uh, Dick Tills. And uh, Mike Petke went to my alma mater, uh, St. John the Baptist in West Islip, Long Island. Um, the other night, I think uh, uh, St. John's just beat uh, St. Anthony's in the playoffs or something, or beat him 5-3 or something. Just to rub that in a little bit. Sorry, guys. Um, but anyway, I, I just, when we talk about leadership and we talk about creating results, I mean, when we look at professional sports, you can either pay for talent and hope that that's enough to get you through, or you can create a team that is built with tenacity, that are motivated, that are, uh, let's call them diamonds in the rough, 
They are guys that are motivated to make a difference, to motivated to prove something, and they are not overpaid, indulgent, entitled players that think that they can coast. And unfortunately, and once again, as a former professional athlete, I, I understand that there are certain guys that are so otherworldly, that have such amazing talent and amazing abilities, that um, they truly believe that they can coast because they are that talented, they are that great. Um, but I don't know if a team full of them can actually be successful. Although when you when you look at the NBA and you look at the Warriors, right? Um, I guess they've they've proven you can have three or four guys that essentially can kind of rule the world or rule the NBA because they're just so otherworldly and incredibly talented. Um, but there is one leader, right? Uh, the kid Steph Curry uh, ends up being sort of the leader and distributing the ball, making sure that everybody gets a share of the ball. Uh, in this case, Chris Armas, who's the coach of the Red Bulls, took over midseason and continued um, the philosophy of this uh, this young man, Jesse Marsh. And, um, and Jesse's now, uh, I guess, being positioned to coach in Europe and potentially grow and, and, and do other coaching around the world, which would be great for an American player, American uh, coach. Um, and he continued his philosophy, and it, it's worked. It's worked, and they, they have a great team. But uh, I'm praying and I hope for, for Chris and for all the, uh, all the guys that uh, hopefully they can bring home the ultimate hardware this year and they can actually win the MLS Cup which would be uh, truly extraordinary. Which, uh, so I, I congratulate Chris uh, and his family, just a, an amazing guy, just a, a truly, truly amazing guy. Um, when we talk about uh, the uh, Long Island Soccer Player Hall of Fame, uh, which I created, um, I guess it's, it's almost 10 years ago that I actually created the Hall of Fame. Um, we actually named our... Um, our 2019 inductees, uh, we're, we're waiting and hoping to find out about one or two holdouts because we're not sure where, uh, where they may be and whether they'll be able to actually participate. Um, but uh, for those of you that are in the New York area that are soccer fans, um, it, the date is Saturday, February 23rd, Saturday, February 23rd, 2019. And our class includes Carlos Mendez, uh, who's a uh, the captain of uh, the New York Cosmos uh, and now coach. And then he also played at several other uh, places like the Columbus Crew, I think LA Galaxy, um, and with the Metro Stars or, or Red Bulls. Um, uh, Jennifer and Margaret Tejan, uh, who were very talented young women that played uh, in Long Island and are, are two uh, coaches, now successful coaches. Um, uh, Tommy Lips, who's a, uh, a coach now, a high school coach on Long Island, not a professional coach, a high school coach uh, that runs one of the more successful uh, club programs uh, in Smithtown, New York. And um, he played in Europe. He played for the Columbus Crew, played for the Long Island Rough Riders, played for the Puerto Rican national team, uh, and he's also being inducted. Uh, and then finally, Mark Semioli. Uh, and, and what was interesting is we didn't know this when we announced, but uh, Tommy Lips and Mark Simioli actually were on the same high school team together in a, a place called Hop Hog, New York. And uh, I didn't realize that they actually played together. And Mark now is with Major League Soccer. He played with, once again, he played with the uh, Metro Stars in New York. Um, 
I then played with several other teams around Major League Soccer. So uh, one of the reasons why I created uh, the Long Island Soccer Player Hall of Fame was because I felt like the, the players that were the guys that were on the field out there sort of um, sweating and bleeding and creating results uh, weren't being honored um, anywhere uh, in, the, in the Long Island area. And we have such a rich, rich history of, uh, of soccer players. So I, I created it. And, and I think for any of you that are listening, uh, and, and especially any young folks, so one of my um, audiobooks is Take Action to Make Things Happen. And, and it's really self-explanatory, isn't it? Take action to make things happen. If you believe something, if you want something, if you want to make a change, if you want to make a change in your life or in other people's life, if you want to make a change in society, you have to take action to make things happen. But if you do it intelligently, if you do research, if you make sure you do it in a positive way and not in a disruptive way, if you do it and you incorporate other people, if you include people that can buy into your dream and what you're trying to achieve, once again, the idea of the Zig Ziglar statement, um, or actually Clement Stone, whatever the mind of man can be- uh, conceive and believe, it can achieve. So if you can conceive the idea and truly believe it to be true and believe that you can make it happen, you can achieve it. And that really is almost anything that you set your mind to, you can make happen. So in this case, I created the Long Island Soccer Player Hall of Fame because I truly felt that these players needed to be honored um, and acknowledged for all of their uh, amazing talents, both men and women. Uh, At this point, we have about uh, 100 inductees and... um, uh, I think it's about a 60-40 split between men and women, uh, even though there's probably about, I'd say, about 100 years of, uh, of men that, were, that we haven't honored yet. Uh, so we had a little bit of a head start. So we're trying to make sure that we honor all of those folks. Um, so anyway, so uh, February 23rd, for any of you in the New York area that would be interested in attending that, let's talk a little bit about coming into the end of the year. Uh, we're now coming into... November somehow. I don't know where the year went. But coming into holiday season, coming into the end of the year, um, I have a bunch of products, a bunch of uh, you know, books, audiobooks, an app, uh, all of those things online that I, I would love to have you all share uh, as Christmas gifts for, uh, for young folks, for young professionals, for people that are struggling, for people that would like to um, achieve at a higher level. Uh, please feel free to go to my website, kevinmccrudden.com. That's Kevin, M-C-C-R-U-D-D-E-N.com. On that page, you'll find my book, Who Are You? Um, you will find my eight audiobooks, which are now sold in over 30 countries around the world. Uh, I'm, and you'll also find my app called the Simple Goals app. Uh, the Simple Goals app essentially uh, enables you to create goals that you can check off every single day that are associated with things that you want to make a difference in your life, how you live your life. So every day you can have positive, affirming um, goals that are out there that you can check off and, uh, and literally make sure that you follow them every single day. And um, as we close out another week, I typically spend a lot of time interviewing other people because it's, it's about other people and talking about their success stories. I don't, necessarily 
um, enjoy or, or feel like talking about uh, mine. And um, uh, being the youngest of eight uh, Irish-American family, um, you know, it wasn't uh, necessarily a polite thing to do to draw attention to yourself. Um, uh, so that we, we tend to, to be less self-promotional, uh, and it's always been an uncomfortable thing. However, being in the quote-unquote motivational business, um, obviously you have to spend some time uh, being self-promotional, which I don't necessarily like or feel comfortable with. Um, so for any of you that are interested in having me speak at any of your events, please feel free to um, go to my website or uh, email us at agent at motivateamerica.us, agent at motivateamerica.us. Uh, currently scheduling a tour in Africa and South Africa for January. Um, I'll be touring in South Africa uh, all of January. Uh, and then otherwise um, here uh, state-bound or state-based. Um, so here in, uh, in America and uh, conduct motivational and leadership seminars as well as uh, keynote programs for colleges and universities. Um, one of the things that I'd really like to uh, reintroduce or rediscuss is uh, we're currently working on a, a father and son retreat for early spring in Arizona. Um, and included in that is um, single moms that are raising young men. Um, having some experience in that and having met a number of women that are single women that are raising sons on their own, um, it is admirable. It is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Um, but I do truly believe it is impossible to be a mom and a dad. Uh, not only is it biologically impossible, I think it is emotionally impossible. And uh, as much as our moms want to try and be, quote-unquote, uh, the men of the house and show our young men how to be men, I think one of the declines uh, for our young men in America um, is the fact that there is a lack of male role models for them. So if that is something that you are interested in, a father-son retreat, or uh, as a single mom, a retreat with, uh, with your son, uh, please feel free to reach out to us once again at agent at motivateamerica.us, agent at motivateamerica.us, and uh, we're going to be putting that together. It'll be a, a spring program in Arizona. So look forward to hearing back from all of you regarding that. Folks, once again, we're just closing up the show. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful week. And please, once again, the most important thing that you can do for yourself is every morning when you open your eyes, the first thing that you should do is please say something nice to yourself about yourself. And if you share that bed with somebody else, hold their hand, tell them that you love them. It's a person that you share your life with. And believe me, I know what it's like to share that space and tell someone that you love them every day and still have them betray you. But you know what? You still need to be able to wake up every day and be thankful for the things that you do have as opposed to the things you don't have. And we need to continue to thank God for all that we have living in this great country, America. Once again, folks, thank you very much. This is Kevin McCrudden, Motivate America, and America's CMO, Chief Motivation Officer. Thank you for joining me again. God bless. Have a great couple of weeks. I look forward to talking to you soon. Good night.